If you are not a minority in your country, let me ask you a question. What do you think life's going to be like for you if you are a minority? Will you get the same entitlement or will your life be completely different? If you are a minority in your country, let me ask you a question. What do you think you have to do differently in order for you to remain competitive and to turn that disadvantage into an advantage? In this episode, Dear Cashlook shares about the discriminations she experienced being a minority in Denmark and what she did differently to cope with the situation. What she discovered along the way was an eye-opening learning lessons that all of us can use in our daily life. Well, let's cue the intro and jump straight into the conversation. So the big question is this. How is it possible that shy and socially awkward individuals like us can have the confidence to approach a stranger and strike a meaningful conversation? To have the ability to network and connect with yourself so that you can network and connect with others. To not only survive but thrive in this noisy world and be the connector you're meant to be. And at the same time, be the truest, most authentic version of yourself. That's the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Ping Hendra and welcome to Network and Connect Podcast. Okay, so let's start with Purpose Consulting. Purpose Consulting is actually my own invention, (laughs) to be honest. So I'm combining my business understanding with my coaching background. Um, I have four different um, courses that I've, I've done. Uh, in coaching, like a life coach, master coach, a family coach, and now a speaker academy one. And basically what it is, like I wanted, like for so many years, I've been wanting to bring these two together because I feel like the, the, the corporate world needs a soul, needs spirit, yeah? Because it's affecting all aspects of our lives, yeah? In terms of, you know, both, both personally, environmentally, um, and, you know, like the business sector touches upon everything like that we see in this world in this very capitalistic world that we're living in um and i wanted to bring this soul in terms of like you know social entrepreneurship where you actually start with a purpose whereas my approach is that i want to bring up that purpose in companies because i believe and multiple studies show that once you integrate purpose into your operations, you know, you both benefit the employees, you benefit the customers, you benefit the planet in terms of like, for example, the, um, the sustainable development goals and, you know, all, all the, um, like all the measures that we have to take to make both planet, animal and human better off. Um, and you know, it's better for the company as well. Like the company grows, um, as well. So I've made a model that I call the identity matrix where I coach companies in their, their purpose. Um, that's their why, their, um, their how and their what, uh, and then their who as well. And people who know this model knows as well that Simon Sinek came up with the why, how, uh, and what, and then I came up with the who as well because I want to like make this relationship better between customer and then um, and uh, company, and you know that's that's uh, one element of the identity matrix. Another one is the vision, obviously. That's what is the future that we see, like where do we want to go, and then the mission, how do we get there, and values and principles. What's the values of the company? And 
lastly, the differentiation, what makes this company unique. Um, and these are very strong elements. Like it really makes up the identity of the company. And you need that, you know, for your employees to feel empowered and, and with a purpose and find out what's the mission of the company. Where are we going? What's the purpose? And how can they link their personal purpose to it as well? Because I believe that we can combat like um, a lot of stress and, you know, mental health related issues like um when integrating this purpose-driven approach to companies um, and so that they can link their personal purpose to the one of the company and, and feel that their their life is meaningful like increase the quality of their life so that's that's mainly what like um, what I'm all about <laughs> wow that is um, amazing because whenever whenever I share to people about purpose about what's the mission right most of the time yeah. it's It's just very uh, generic. Oh, my mission is to, yeah. uh, the mission of a company is this, the vision is to be the best. Obviously, everybody's yeah. vision is to be the best, right? But they don't yeah. incorporate the, the human element, which is the purpose yeah. about yeah. it. And, and that yeah. is amazing. The who, as you said, right? And yeah, this is yeah. incredible. And yeah, so guys, if you would like to learn more about this, um, stay tuned till the end, okay? So let's proceed with uh, with yourself, your background mm. and your your experience until now. Mm. So, um, well, my yeah, my background, as I said before, uh, coaching education uh, programs that I've been involved in, I've been involved for like nine years now, <laughs> since I was very young. Um, yeah, like, and I've done a lot of coaching. I've traveled as well, worked for Facebook and Google in Dublin while I was studying my bachelor's and my master's. And I've traveled backpacked in Asia as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been to Singapore and Malaysia. Haven't been to Bali though, not yet. Um, yeah, in Cambodia as well, because I had a dream of starting a social enterprise. Um, like for because my personal purpose is to help children get um, a home and education because I believe that we can build the future. Like you know, when giving kids this opportunity. Um, Yeah, like I have a master's in uh, business administration and economy. I've been, yeah, driven by my purpose. And yeah, was, uh, born and raised here in Copenhagen. Well, when you said about social enterprise, um, providing homes and education for children, that hits yeah. for me because yeah. I just did a social enterprise as well. It's with an association here in Bali where we help children yeah. so that they stay in school, so that they, they continue to yeah. be in school. And yeah, after th I, I thought we were just doing um, there for one particular project, but it turns out to be a much deeper issue than we initially yeah. thought. And because of that, we are going to be doing an ongoing project, one school at a time, one village at a time, and one region at a time. So nice. that is something that uh, we have in common. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, a way. nice. Um, you know, let's just talk about this because um, my wife loved this book so much. Yeah. Uh, a little book of Luca. <laughs> yeah, Luca, which is which is great because my son's name is Luca, and and when we yeah. saw this on the bookshelf, like, oh, we gotta buy this. And then she read, yeah. and then she's, and then there's this. It says that um, it's easy to see why Denmark is often called the world's happiest country. Not only yeah. do they have work and life in perfect balance, free mm -hmm. higher education, and trains that run on time, but they burn more yeah. candles per household than anywhere else. Yeah. Um, any of yeah. these statements correct or incorrect? They're they're totally uh, correct. 
Definitely yeah. correct. And the level of education and the level of freedom, personal and educational. And you know what? Like you can come from nothing, yeah? You can come from nothing and still have the same opportunities like anyone else, you know? And, you know, if you talk to CEOs here, like, you know, or millionaires or whatever, like they look like anyone else. And, you know, we have something that is called Yente the law of Yente. And it basically says that don't think you're like you're anything or like, you know, it's like it's just, you know, uh, tearing your ego down, you know. So Danish people, they like to be on the same level as anyone else. And, you know, we like equality. You can see in the system that we have, the welfare system. And, you know, like everyone just looks the same. Everyone has the same opportunities, no matter the background that you have, you know, um, there's no corruption. There is no, like anyone thinking that they're better than anyone else. Um, not only is the educational system free, but we also can get something, a monthly stipendium, um, just because we're studying, you know, like, like, yeah, I know it's crazy, you know, and I've traveled to other countries. I've worked in other countries as well and i can really feel the difference like not only do you have to work for your own um i mean pay for your own uh, educational program but as well like you know the way that you treat it when you work you know the work-life balance is as well like great you know once you're off work you're off work you're not expected to work many hours uh, extra like i know a lot of my friends they do you know because everyone stays in office, you have to stay. Obviously, they do that in the very competitive um, companies. But, like, you know, you're paid extra if you work extra, generally. Okay, wow. So, there <laughs> yeah. has, there's no, some kind of, I would say, like, uh, because right in here in Indonesia, yeah, we have these issues a little bit about uh, perhaps some kind of discrimination in a bit. Uh, mm-hmm towards uh it's a, i don't want to say it's racism it's more like because yeah. di- of racial dif- different racial backgrounds because of that it's a little bit harder for certain race yeah. to to get some opportunities that, so I that mean, doesn't happen yeah i mean you know i have experienced it a lot especially when i'm wearing scarf because you know like general speaking you have the opportunities that you make like you really but you have to work a bit harder when you're minor, minority as well mm-hmm. you know and it's not that the media has covered like nine stories about muslim women with scarf for example or muslims uh, in general you know every time they it's a story it's involving like violence or like extremism or whatever like you know so it's only addressing like the negative stuff so people get a very um biased picture to who we actually are um as well like you know when applying for jobs um you know many companies would i think i don't know like they're very biased you know i don't think they like and actually it's not it's not only my opinion actually let me just tell you the facts yeah if you have a non-danish name so it's studies that shows if you have a non-danish name an ethnical name uh, you have you have to apply for twenty six percent more than than other um, ethnic people you know with ethnic Danish names, and if you're wearing a scarf, you have to apply fifty percent more. I know it's crazy, and you know what? Like in my field as consultant, like I really wanted to work as a consultant. I could really feel the discrimination, to be honest, because you know, like 
it's just like it's a client facing role it's not that they're like hiding like it's just they're very biased to be honest yeah like I've, i've had a lot of pain throughout that process because that was my dream you know and i'm very qualified i'm a very qualified candidate you know both academically and like you know my cv um as well like all the activities and the things that i've been exposed to and background that i have like if you compare me to, to other candidates so it was it was very painful to be honest because i was like you know it's who i am like it's it's me like why don't you like you don't even know me you 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 like you're judging me based on something that you don't know i've had some questions as well for when going to interviews in terms of like when i was planning to have kids you know i was just graduated you know one year ago and you know like it was indirectly because you're not allowed to ask these questions it's just like they were like oh who do you live with and oh do you want kids soon or you know i think like two or three different places asked me that and then i was uh, talk, talking to my danish like uh friends yeah um like ethnically danish and then they were like no they never had that question before i was like what you know <laughs> so like these small things and then a lot of things you get me like that just builds up and you just want a job basically there is a lot of competition in the market to be honest there is a lot of qualified candidates um but yeah like some of that and then in general like after 9 11 it was just a lot of discrimination against muslims like you know it was just like this and and the government is just so islamophobic at this moment you know we have like politicians that like their only business is just like talking about muslims and you know trying to make life hard for us you know i get that there's people who do a lot of trouble like troubled kids or you know like criminal um gang gang members and stuff like that but like you know as a leader of a country you have to not be biased you know you have to talk to the um population as one you get you don't point out like different mi- minority groups and then we've had like a person called like a, a stupid person like he he's been like burning the quran like in public places you know and like they've spent millions and millions on him the police yeah protecting him because it's his right to uh express the the right of expression yeah and it's just something stupid like that we pay our taxes goes to like something like that you get me so i mean and you know there is a lot of complicated things you know when you go i mean it's in every country that you would find the positive and the negative you get me so it's like everything is just like that i think so but personally i'm really happy that i was born in this country because i got so many opportunities that i would have found nowhere else i believe the weather is bad but there's nothing else as well <laughs> yeah plus, plus and minus right Yeah exactly yeah So do you have a personal experience with um discrimination or perhaps racism I was uh, brought up in Copenhagen it's the capital of Denmark it's it's very multicultural here as well in the like in the neighborhood that I grew up uh, like loads of different cultures and ethnicities um so I didn't feel it like growing up like my other friends when i talked to them you know even like being danish uh, they were like um they were adopted so their names are danish and but 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 they have felt it much more because they lived in in a primarily um like white community whereas like i didn't i didn't feel it in the same way but I felt it when I as I told you like work related um as well like in job interviews like these stupid questions or like just like being qualified but not 
getting the job and stuff like that. I mean, that's it. But like as well, like just the the the, the pressure that is just like in the air, you know, just like because of the media coverage and the politician and all this, this debates and discussions between like, you know, different groups of people, you know, all this pressure, like we just feel it. It's a burden on our shoulders. You know, people like me, people who are Muslims or like from Middle Eastern culture or just like non-ethnic uh, being brought up. It's not only like that I have, um, like I felt challenges in terms of the Danish community. I felt it as well in terms of the Arabic community as well because there's expectations there as well that I can't live up to because I am not like 100% Danish. I mean Arabic you get me I, I don't like I've I've only been to Iraq so my background is half Iraqi half Lebanese my mom she's from Lebanon and my dad is from Iraq and I've only like just been once to Iraq and that was last year and Lebanon I've been like uh, but just on vacations right and there's like 10 years where I didn't go so to be honest, like it's just so different. Navig like it's it was very challenging to be honest, very challenging being a teenager, trying to discover yourself and your identity and who am I and you know, all these hormones going on. And then still, you know, not feeling that you fit in in neither culture, you know, because you're not Danish, you know that. You know, you're hundred percent percent sure that you're not hundred percent Danish, you're not. But then you go to the Arabic community and then you know, you just don't fit in as well, you know, because a lot of things you don't agree with them or you don't understand them or you just don't have a relationship to it. So it was like for me and a lot of people I've talked to, we just kind of had to be like, like, you know, adapting to each culture or style of like how we speak, how we, um, you know, behaving, all these things like and who we are and which size of us, we were just adapting to each culture, but like is exhausting, you know, and you end up not knowing even who you are, you know. So at one point, like a few years later, like trying to navigate in it, I, I just gave up. I was like, it's, you know, it's enough. Like. I could feel it on my own body. I was like, it's enough. Like, I, I want to respect and love myself for who I am, you know, and I want to know who I am. I, do, I don't want to be a part of all this. You know, if you accept me for who I am, you know, because I'm neither 100% Arabic or neither 100% Danish. I'm, that's who I am. And I, 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 you know, create my own identity. I grew up with a lot of different cultures. Like my, my friends, like each one is from one different like background, yeah? Um, so it's just like getting all this... Um, nice um like you know learning a lot of new things but like just taking in the, the things that i like and that, that i love as well basically when traveling i was just taking in all the nice stuff from different cultures yeah like the traditions and stuff like that everything is good and bad you know everything has good and bad in it but just taking the good things in and learning and not even like ethnicity wise and country wise but as well like religion wise i'm very inspired by all like buddhism by hinduism by um christianity and um judaism and just taking in all the good stuff i believe that that that's our responsibility as human beings to be open you know you might not be you might not agree you know a lot of things but just like taking in the, the nice stuff because if you're just exposed to one culture you you're really missing out on a lot of good things and i always tell um people as well that ultimately all religion teaches their followers one thing which is do good and another thing is be nice to other people and number three don't commit sins i i firmly believe that's what religions teaches us to do now my question to you is have you ever seen or have you ever experienced 
um, perhaps that's why I read in the news that being a Muslim in Europe, it was a little bit tough. I would say I don't yeah. I don't want to say the word tough, but it's a yeah. little bit you know there's tension going on. Um, yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, like all the time. <laughs> that's why I don't watch the news. <laughs> I don't watch the news. I don't. Yeah, like the pressure is still there um, and it's there all the time, to be honest. But I just tend not to focus on it. Um, I don't expose myself to all this hate that, that goes on from politician side in Denmark, to be honest. And just in general, like all this negative stuff, like there's only negativity negativity in um, in the media. So to be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't watch the media. I don't watch news. You know, I, I watch something else, you know, I expose myself to other information. And if there's like negative negativity and stuff like that, I don't have time for it. You know, I don't have time to occupy my mind with people who don't agree with who I am. You know, that's on you. It's not on me. You know, I want to just be me and live my life and do good. You know, I understand. I acknowledge that there's challenges, but we have to be in, like we have to um, strive to inspire people to change, right? Not like like addressing like problems and you know attacking minorities and stuff like that. It, it still goes on, like in Denmark personally, like you know it still goes on. So, but I don't I don't watch news. I don't follow these people. Like I don't scroll down my Facebook feed anymore. I don't do that stuff <laughs> because it filled with like you know people who don't agree with each other. And I I don't to be honest. I just have time to do good and focus on getting better and spending time with quality people. Um, so if you don't agree with me, it's fine. I'm just working on myself. I'm working on bettering myself and finding the beauty and the love for myself and others. And I mean, that's, that's the good thing about like living in an age like this. We can, we can actually like choose what information we can expose ourselves to. Obviously, you know, the discussion is with social media. Are we even like in control? We're not, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah. You know, I, I still a little bit taken aback when it comes to, um, because for me, I myself, I'm a minority. I've been traveling yeah. around the world and wherever I go, I am a minority because I'm, I'm a tourist yeah. or, or I just, I'm yeah. kind of like an immigrant in a way, right? Yeah. So for you, for your case, you, you have an ethnic difference, right? Different background, different ethnicity yeah. and you live in, yeah. in a country that is, as you said, like you are, you're not even, Danish and you're not even, uh, you know, from your own origin, right? So no. how difficult it is for you, especially when, let's say you go for a job interview, right? People see your name and then that's mm-hmm. it. And then when they meet you in person and then they see uh, you're wearing a, you know, a hijab and stuff, uh, do, do they treat you differently or do they look at you and differently and then they, they are a little bit weird? I know you, you, you brushed about it earlier about people asking you like when when are you going to get married how many children you're going to have things like that (laughs) but have you ever heard or seen or experienced like an extreme level of fear yeah islamophobia um yeah i mean like obviously they see my picture before they invite me into the um interview because we have to have that in our cv a picture so, I mean, yeah. And then I've, I've experienced it once, like it was very extreme, actually. He was, um, he had his own company, but it's a small company. Like it was only him and another employee. And then I called him and I was like, um, you know, I introduced myself and, you know, he really liked me on the phone. And then he started like, you know, looking me up while he was talking to me. And then he was like, oh, you're wearing a scarf. 
I was like, yeah, but like, I hope it's not a problem. You know, I'm, I try to sell myself. I just try to stay positive, you know? And then eventually like he, I sent him my application and I came in for a job interview and he was being very rude, to be honest. Like he was asking inappropriate questions and, you know, like, you know, pointing to my Danish, not be my Danish is great. My Danish is amazing, right? It's better than the average. But he was like pointing, like he was making unnecessary comments and saying stuff. And then he was like, oh, but if you were like to, it was prayer time. And like he asked me, so for example, if I get that question for a job interview, it's, it's mainly because they want to take, um, they want to show that they're like, want to accommodate my needs. So they would ask, oh, do you, do you need to pray during the, um, the working hours? And then I would say yes. And then they would say, oh, we have this free room or whatever. Normally, right? But this guy, he would be like, oh, do you pray? And I was like, oh, that's great that he wants to like accommodate the, the need of my uh, belief, yeah? And then he goes like, oh, but you, if you were in a meeting, uh, meeting and then it was prayer time, would you just like step out and then go to pray? And I was like, oh, man, like, you know, but it was really, it was really like, I, I was very sad and affected at that point because I was like, like, that's enough. Like, who, who are you talking to, to? Why are you talking to me like that? And then I actually told him, I think like there was another girl at the job interview. I can't, can't remember her name, but then I was like, you know, I actually said her name, said her name. I was like, if my name was her name, you wouldn't have talked to me like that. You know, it's, it's an ethnically Danish name. And he was like, oh, no, it's not about that. And then at that point, like, I was really affected. Like, I was really sad. So my, my voice was, like, breaking a bit. Yeah, and then he was like, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm not a person. I'm actually very open and for other cultures and religions. And, and then he was, like, apologizing and, you know, trying to shake my hand and all of that. And I was like, you know, that's inappropriate. Like, you don't talk to people like that, you know. And then I obviously told him, if you're saying anything more like that, that direction, I'm walking out, you know. He really wanted me, actually. That's the funny thing, because he could see that I was very qualified, especially for the job that, you know, he wanted to, uh, he was looking for a candidate to. And yeah, but I, like, I didn't hear back from him and I didn't reach out as well. Maybe it was better that we didn't work together, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I actually want to touch upon something that you were saying uh, earlier in terms of, um, you know, not belonging, you know, because you said, oh, like, you didn't feel... And I told you myself that I didn't belong in either cultures. And, you know, it's the feeling of home, you know. Actually, it's a funny thing because my name, Diar, uh, it means home, you know. It's, it means like, um, it's the plural of that, which means like home. So like several homes, but maybe mm -hmm. like relating to a village or something. But like it's the feeling of home. Of yeah. And you know what? It's just, it's just feeling of where you belong you know but belonging doesn't necessarily in my mind uh, has to do with belonging in a culture uh, necessarily you know people I think they just need they need to belong in a group you know like a culture could be a lot of things culture on a on a um on a on a country level but as well if you have a like you, you create a culture as well, for example, in your com company, in um, your, your classroom, in, in your a group of friends, right? So it's, it's like, it's this feeling of belonging in a, like at a, at a certain place, right? And that place could be anything. It could be like a country that you're not even related to, right? Like I visited Cambodia and 
without really much at home. I couldn't even communicate with anyone. But it's just like their smiles and their culture. And, you know, they just like bring you in. Like this Asian culture, it's really beautiful. It's just so open and accommodates uh, a lot of different people. And to be honest, like, because when, you know, I I don't feel I belong anywhere, you know, like country-wise. So if I go to Lebanon or Iraq as well, it's, it's very different. Like they have to teach me stuff, you know, just to, so I can like, you know, not like embarrass myself and my family, right? Um, in terms of behavior and, you know, how I talk and all of these things, even like mentality-wise. But mentality-wise, I feel like I belong much more into this, you know, Danish community. Behavior-wise as well, like, you know, it differs, you know, in terms of what you do to, uh, when, you, when you're social, for example, they have a lot of, they have this drinking culture. I'm not a part of it. You know, I'm not going to be a part of it because I don't enjoy it. And it's just not me, right? So, but it's a big part of the Danish culture. Um, so there's a lot of things nav- navigating in it. So it's just, I just like to find like-minded people and just like build a relationship with them. And that is, you know, is enough for me. Like, I mean, you don't need necessarily to belong to a country. What's your viewpoint about the, I don't want to say the danger, but more like the, you know, when it comes to discrimination and stuff like that mm-hmm. happening around the world right now, you tend to limit progress, right? Yeah. Because there yeah, are so many uh, things, amazing things happen because of collaboration. Perhaps someone from different culture perhaps has their way of doing things that is yeah. different and then, Uh, their viewpoint can sometimes be a prob uh, can solve a problem of another country or or, or issues like that. What do you think yeah. is some of the negative impact um, with regards to discrimination and things like that nature? Yeah, well, like growing up, especially if you come from uh, families that don't have resources, right, to take care of you or like to to educate you, to stimulate like your knowledge and your, your like your sense of identity, you tend to, and that's what we see a lot here, like you tend to find groups that are like destructive uh, in terms of like gangs and, you know, if they take you in from a young age, you know, and you actually, what you see being told about you or here or like experience being told about you that you're this and you're that and you're this, it just becomes self-fulfilling prophecy if i can say it like that you just you just say tend to say oh yeah see i said that you know can you see that they're against us you know so you create an us and them belonging is a good thing uh, but belonging in the bad environment is a bad thing right because if you belong there you tend to become like them um so that's a bad thing as well i'm not saying like I mean, obviously, there is a responsibility on different levels in the individual himself as well politically. And yeah, so like there is like this constant pressure of being like a minority. It's just it's just like, you know, the pressure. Um, I can't explain it, but you just feel like this heavy burden on you, you know. And if you like go through life and, you know, you go through more challenges, it's just like it's just becomes like, like at one point you just feel like you know you're, you're being choked which just becomes too much you know and that's the feeling actually personally that I have I just like feel I feel it's enough like no matter what I do it's not good enough you know and it's like I think like it's a personal thing like I don't think it's like tied up to but especially maybe as a minority because you you feel it on a on a on a, on a national uh 
level as well um that you're just like you're just not good enough like there is nothing you can do to prove yourself to be good enough if you're inviting in, invited in for like political debates or discussions that's because you have to defend yourself that you're actually good enough they're not bad you know and like you know you have to defend that you're not for example a terrorist or stuff like that you know they're you're not a um a, a criminal or like you're not doing bad things you know uh, illegal stuff and it's just like i'm just a, not like a regular citizen i just want to you know have a normal life and contribute you know that's all what i want i understand that there's people who don't but you can't tie it up on one nationality, you get me, or like one minority. Um, so it's this constant pressure, to be honest, constant pressure, and it's not only me who experience it. Like I, um, you know, my friends as well, and whomever I talk to, like, I, for example, there is this guy, um, he's actually, his roots are sh from Sri Lanka, um, and he's like, he's a .NET developer. Um, he's highly paid and, you know, he's like, he's actually adopted into a Danish uh, family, and he's, his name is Danish and, you know, after um, I, I, I was participating in an article about discrimination and, you know, after that came out, he was like, he was telling me that, you know what, dear, actually I experienced it as well. I experienced it at work, whereas like he asked the question and then like his colleague was like, oh, but you don't understand that you're not, oh, because you're, you're not white, I think, or because you're, yeah, he said that. And I was like, are you serious? He said that at work? And he was like, yeah, you know, I, he said something worse than that, but I don't remember exactly the sentence, but something about, you know, not being Danish, not being white. And then he experienced it as well on the street, people saying stuff to him, like, and another guy as well, he's, um, he's actually white, like his skin color is white, but like, he doesn't look Danish and he, and he's adopted as well. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it's painful. It's really painful, like on an emotional level, on an identity level, on a psychological level, you know, just feeling, I think like our biggest, uh, because, you know, it, it's in our DNA. We have to belong. We've been like depending on, you know, belonging and being social for so many, you know, years. It's in our DNA. Like we have to belong and like, you know, having that taken away from you uh, for no reason, you know, is just a violation. I've, I've read a lot of uh, narratives from other people as well and what they have been going through, you know, as kids as well, you know, being told these things, it affects you a lot. It's amazing what you, I mean, what the, the stories that you shared with me earlier, um, it's just very, very similar. It's just, it's not only happening yeah. in, in Europe, but it also happened here in Asia. Now, um, you mentioned earlier about meditation. It's something that I am truly believe in. So can you tell us more about that uh, and share your, your experience or your journey before meditation and what happened to you after you started meditation? Yeah. So to be honest, like I've been trying to meditate like regularly for many years. Like it just gives me so much peace. Like um, I, I, I was staying in Cambodia for two months volunteering in an NGO and you know, there's no one around. There's only me, like for a whole month. Like there's no other volunteers. After work, I would just like stay on my own. Um, so I would like wake up early, like at five, because people were up like when the when the sun, um, you know, at the sunrise. And so I was just like waking up and meditating on the roof. Like I did that regularly. Before that, I just tried like, um, and you know, now I do it like every second day. 
and I feel like I feel a relief, you know, because I tune into myself. So yeah, like it, it has been amazing. I guess that's changed my life to be honest, because I was really restless before. I couldn't like, you know, my feelings and feelings of anxiety and, you know, and stuff that has made me sad or, you know, just confronting my own like devil inside and, you know, my own sorrow and stuff like that and trauma. It has been really, really helpful. Like it's, um, it's something I would recommend everyone to do. We really need stillness in our lives to find ourselves. Um, in Islam, we say that the one who finds himself finds God. And I really believe that, that he's, you know, he's the beauty that we see, but we need to connect to ourselves in order to connect with anything else. You mentioned earlier that you were interning at NGO yeah. in Cambodia for two months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you share with us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, well, it was amazing to be honest. It was something completely different, you know. Um, so like the standards are very different from like, you know, from where I come from, from Denmark, right? And, you know, I, I just realized that once I, I went because I was like, and I realized I was so, I felt so ashamed of myself because I was so privileged. You know, I was like, these people, they have nothing, yeah? And I have everything and I'm like material, materialism wise, but still I'm not like, you know, satisfied with my life. And it just, it was just like an eye opener. So I was doing uh, marketing and communication, um, was it called? Uh, internship there just like volunteering um yeah i was like it was like you know with the kids as well we were visiting different villages and different schools that they were involved in what they did is like clean water and sanitation and um education for kids and um yeah i learned a lot to be honest i learned a lot i saw like life from a different perspective and angle and you know people are so i don't know if you've been to cambodia people are so nice in cambodia they're so like they're always smiling and so yeah like it was an amazing experience to be honest i learned something new like i learned appreciating life and you know what i learned as well like simplicity is is the way as well like you need to be simple in your life you don't need what we think we need in this like western world you know you don't need stuff to be happy we just bombard it with it the whole time you know from um you know like commercials all the time telling you you're not good enough you're not beautiful enough you're not smart enough you're not this healthy enough you're not this and that enough until you buy our product and beam about it with it. i think we have we get twelve thousand uh commercials like we're exposed to every day i think some data shows that at some point you get brainwashed and like subconsciously you just believe it yeah that you're not good enough unless you own all of that and you then you're still not good enough because then you go to social media and compare yourself to others i mean this constant pressure and isolation and like feeling that you're only happy or a success if you if you get success in, the in terms of, you know, wealth measures, but, but it's, it's not true. You know, it's not true. You need connection. You need connection to yourself. You need connection to authentic people. And that's what you need in life. You know, it's, it's very minimal how much we need in order to actually, you know, survive a roof over our head, something to eat, something to drink, all of these things. And then the depth in the relationships is what matters, you know, contributing to others, living your purpose in life and meaning. That's what matters. It's not all about like consuming and, you know, having this huge ego of me all the time and being egocentric around like what you want and how you want to live your life. It's, it's not life, you know. We've been taught that, you know. And, you know, it has been... Um, 
you know, acknowledged and praised as well, like in many years now that you have to be selfish, you know, that's the way to go, but it's not the way to go, you know, helping someone out who needs something from you, you know, that you can provide them is the way to go, is the way to be, you know, because we're human, we, we depend on each other. And if you can only help one person, right, one person, you know, and that person helps another one, you can change the world, like you can change society because if everyone does, if everyone does that or did that, you know, our world, our world would be different. Exactly. Wow. I uh, really, really appreciate you sharing this with, with all of us here listening. And which mm. also ties into what you're doing currently, right? Purpose Consulting, you said, um, starts with purpose first, mm. right? So, yeah. and also, um, I, I guess after all this experience, you found your identity and which is you want to do a social enterprise um, yeah. going forward. Now, I want to find out more about what you're doing. I, I know you're saying that you have this, uh, the identity matrix. Can you share with yeah. us more about that? Um, perhaps on a yeah. personal level, not on a company yeah. level, so that um, yeah. I guess people who are listening here can perhaps find their purpose as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. Because I work both with companies and with individuals. Because, you know, as I told you, we're drained. Like we're not, have, we're not feeling a purpose. We're not living a purposeful life, unfortunately. Like, you know, like people are stressed and exhausted. And, you know, we spend the majority of our time at work. And people who have no control over their work or don't know the direction of where they're going and how their own personal meaning ties up to the to the mission of the company and, you know, not, not feeling this, you know, this, um, team spirit or like being a part of something bigger. Do you get me? Like the company is your second family. You spend more time with your colleagues that you actually do with your kids. You know, imagine that, right? So it's the, it's the responsibility of the company to actually take care of its employees. And it's your responsibility as an employee, as an employee to, to bring meaning into at least what you do or inspire a di like a difference, like a change in the culture. And you know what, like connecting to other people, you know, being vulnerable, you know, telling, like exposing who are you as a person, right? We need to make people see us, you know, as we are, you know, not all the things that we're like, you know, putting up here on the image so that people think that we're something, you know, tied to to what we're exposing but actually see our authentic selves um and it starts like with you asking your question the question to yourself do you know who am i and what do i want to contribute with um to life you know before my own life ends at one point because we're all going to die at one point right so what do you want to leave like what's your legacy what do you want to leave behind you know, don't, don't, don't take your purpose with you, you know, don't take, because all the regret that it's going to give you, right. Once you're, once you're you know, about to leave this world, you know, people, if you ask people about the number one regret, um, on the deathbed, they're going to say that, you know, number one is not going after your dreams, you know, listening to other people's opinions. And that's, that's really sad. You know, that's, that's quite, um, sad because, you know, we need to live our life to the fullest, not being occupied, preoccupied with what we need and, you know, just being in a rush the whole time and just following a stream of subconsciously uh, designed for us to just follow this um, road that has been said. What is my life? Like, what, what is it all worth? You know, and I believe that 
lacking that meaning and purpose, lacking the connection to other people, like this loneliness and this, you know, because people are not authentic. People are not showing the true selves. Um, and, you know, people are living so close by each other and they're so connected, but yet still we people have never been feeling this lonely and this um, sad and with so much mental illness, you know, as, as ever before, you know? So it's an illusion that we're connected because we're not connected. We're not even connected to ourselves. You know, everyone's trying to sell you something, you know, the whole time. Everyone is here to, you know, give you advice and tell you how to live your life and how not to live it. And then, you know, no one is asking you a question. No one is asking you, you know, what you want. And no one is listening to the answer as well. So as a coach, first thing we learn is to listen. Shut up and listen. You know, close your mouth, sit back and relax, you know? And then just listen to what people are saying to you, you know? That's that's healing as well. You know, if you've ever been sad or like just want to express yourself as well, having someone, a friend or someone close to you or anyone really just listening to you, that's that's healing in itself. So yeah, ask yourself the questions and you know, you can't find your purpose in one or two days, but it's in there, you know, it's in there. It's in there. It's not somewhere else. You know, you're not going to go and look for it. You're going to look for it inside. And that's why meditation is good as well, because you ask your question, yourself the question, what do I long after? You know, what's my longing? What do I believe in? What do I want to contribute with? What's my values, you know? And like, what's my purpose in life? Uh, what's the vision I see, right? So I think it's important as well to um, to define the difference between what is purpose and what is vision and what is mission because it's it's very important to know the difference. So the purpose is your why, you know? It's like, why do you exist, right? Like, why did God bring you into this world, you know? what What is your why? You know, what gets you up in the morning, right? What makes you jump out of bed? And everyone has a why, you know, and that why is different for everyone. And that why is inside of you. It's your gift to the world. Um, and my coach, she actually says that your why comes from your trauma. You know, your biggest trauma in life, into what your biggest trauma is. And then once you look into it, ask yourself, what did you want? What, what, what was not given to you? What was taken away from you in that? You know, what did you miss the most in that trauma? And once you ask yourself that, you know, you have your why, you know, you have what you want to give back to the world. And once you take that why and you give it back to the world, you know, the world gives it back to you. It's beautiful. Like it's very philosophical. And, wow. you know, we've been talking a lot about it. My coach has been talking about a lot about it. Her name is Panita. She owns Mind Juice Academy. And, you know, it was just beautiful. I'm still like diving into um, this notion of, you know, what purpose actually is, but it's worth, like, it, it's worth looking into because this pain, you know, a lot of people, they go through stuff, right? A lot of pain has happened to them, a tra big traumatic event. And then you see these people, they become advocates for that cause. Have you seen that before, you know? People, you know, are having something like a horrible been done to them, right? So being raped or like experiencing some, some sort of drama, many of them, they go out and then they're advocates because they know the pain that you go through once that's mm -hmm. done to you. And once they, you know, they, adv they advocate or they give back this, you know, best purpose, you know, they help someone else out, you know, in the same situation, they actually get healed as well. So ask yourself why, what's your why? And, you know, it takes years to find out. 
maybe you know i don't know i mean it's it's very as i said it's in there ask yourself that question and then whatever it is just just hold on to it you know because that's what i did so many years back i asked myself what is my purpose what is why why and then it was something like with children that came up you know in developing countries there was something about a home you know something somewhere they they could be right not only be physically but be emotionally and and you know at first i just parked it and i was like it has to be something more spicy <laughs> it has to be something else right like something bigger right than just like a home or something and then you know just at, at the end like these two years i've you know i've been more humble in terms of like actually accepting that that's actually a huge thing you know giving someone a home because i always wanted to belong you know ironically i always wanted to belong you know as i told you i didn't feel that i belong right now i don't care you know if i belong or not i just go and show up as i am you know because but i have been working on myself a lot to get to this point um but that's what I want to give. And like kids, you know, kids, my heart is just with kids. I've been volunteering as well in an asylum center for four years with kids. And I absolutely loved it. Like it just gave me energy for the whole week, you know. I was just happy the whole week. Like once I was there, just once, uh, like a week. So back to the subject, ask yourself why, you know. Ask yourself that why and just write it down, you know, observe yourself. And Jay Shetty actually says that, you know, ask, like, look into your interests, like what interests you, you know, what makes you, he didn't say that, but I'm, I'm saying it, what makes you happy, right? What, what gives you joy, right? What do you connect with? And just like look into it, right? So that's your purpose. That's your why. From your why, you can create a vision, how the world would look differently. My, my purpose is you know, bringing joy and happiness to people, to families, to kids, you know. Um, logically, it actually relates because I've seen it as well myself. Like in Cambodia, once you give a home to a kid, you know, you help out the whole family because they provide for their family. There is no welfare system or like any system that supports them. Um, so, and, and my vision is a world, you know, with no kids on the street, you know, with no poor kids, you know, everyone has a home. Everyone belongs. Yeah, everyone has their rights as 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 children. You know, to live in an in a in a in a home in an environment where they belong. Right, and then my mission is to build schools and homes. You know, so the mission is how do you get there? How do you get to your vision? Right, and then your values are very important as well. You know, you tie what you do, your principles. So, what do you believe in? Like, what's a strong value for you? My strong value is like honesty, is, is, is integrity as well, that I do what I say um, and I say what I do, right? And how you can find your values as well is like observing yourself, observing what annoys you, you know, when someone else does something, you know? It might annoy you a lot if someone lies or like don't show up um, for a meeting or, um, you know, doesn't take care of his family, you know? Then you're... Or then, then like some of your values might be, you know, caring or loving or sharing or honesty, you know. So just observe yourself. Values are very, very important, you know. And like finding uh, environments and, you know, where you can go and then have shared like common beliefs and values, you know, that's important. That's a feeling of belonging as well, you know, feeling understood. Yeah, because they have the same perspective, the same paradigm. They see the world through the same lens as you. Wow. And your um, your purpose, as you mentioned earlier, is to build homes for kids, right? 
And yeah. that brings into what you said earlier. Your the, your name VR actually means yeah, yeah. a lot of homes, and that's yeah. that's that's perfect. Perfect. I've never thought about it like that. But yes, we're gonna make a lot of DR. Yes. <laughs> a lot of kids. It's like like DR villages of DRs. Yeah, 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 around, yeah right? definitely. Yeah. yeah. Just like for me, my purpose is actually yeah. um, because for me, I used to be. I was extremely yeah. shy, extremely. I don't want to speak to anyone. I just want to be in my own little bubble, and I don't yeah. wanna. I don't even care what you say to me. To yeah. the point where it becomes so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I think I'm right, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I don't uh, because I I'm always absolutely believe in myself that uh, I don't need you. You know, yeah. to, to that level of danger, I would say. And that's when I realized that okay, this is not healthy, and I need to start to hang out more. Um, yeah, that, that was in Shanghai when that happened. So I started yeah. to slowly crawl out of my little bubble and yeah. and learn how to uh, meet people and do. Back in the days, I I thought that you know because when you read books like Think and Grow Rich, those those books, uh, how yeah. to win friends and influence people. I love yeah. it. <laughs> those books, it's, it's all it's all right there in the bookshelf, and they yeah. they said about. Meet people, meet people all the time, right? Yeah. So, what is the, what is the best way to meet people back then? I mean, in Shanghai, yeah. when I was still a young kid, it was I go yeah. I go to parties, clubs, and meet people, and but that's not fulfilling for me. No. Right, and it drains my energy so much that uh, one day I attended this. Um, it's it's a startup grind, so it's a fireside yeah. chat, and then I start to meet people over there. I was like, wow. I like this kind of events, so I started to attend events that are more um, like talk, seminar, that kind of stuff. And that's why I found myself. Okay, this is the place that I want to be. So I started to to uh, explore further around this, or as you say, find my uh, biggest trauma. Right. So my biggest trauma was meeting people. And then one friend told me that, hey, you know what? Your name is Ping. It's just like you know, pinging one another. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, connecting, and that's when it hits me. This is something that I I really want to do, and and yeah. that's why I'm 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 now doing doing what I'm doing, which is helping people uh, to connect better, to network better, because I understand the pain of being alone, and yeah. which is which hits home exactly as what you said uh, somewhere here on this note. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. If people would like to. You know, engage with you and want to work with you, perhaps one on one, or maybe um, have their companies to work with you. How how can that happen? I have a um, website. I'm almost done with it. <laughs> so it's it's called Inspeak, I N S P E A K dot consulting. So it stands for Inspire Peak Performance. Um, Inspeak dot consulting and then i have my instagram it's dia cash uh d-i-y-a-r-k-a-s-h and um yeah like people can just connect uh, obviously i'm gonna have link i have linkedin as well um dia cash look my name d-i-y-a-r and then my surname cash look k-a-s-h-l-o-o-k just reach out to me when if you have any questions or anything you want to like want answers with or help to and i coach people and i coach companies as well so i the coaching one-on-one it could either be um personally but mostly i've been doing it like online on the phone or via um video call 
And then for companies as well, it can be the same. Um, mostly I would like show up and then have the team coaching with the management or like the, the founders um, to really craft the identity that inspires them or, you know, that is their identity, but just like revealing it. Yeah. Just, you know, taking off all the layers to really go down and see, okay, what is it? Right. Because they already, already have the answer. It's just, I'm helping them find it. Right. Because I ask the right questions. I, you know, look into it. Um, and yeah, so either personally or like online, we're still lucky that, you know, we live in a time and age where everything can be online. Um, yeah, I will put all your information in the description down below so that all of you uh, listening can get to know yeah. her better. And if you guys need to have yeah. uh, perhaps one-on-one -on -one consulting or something, you just uh, message her directly and, and you can get that um, sorted out. Uh, any, anything else you would like to share with us? Yeah, well, I mean, my main message is like, just take care of yourself, you know, and then everything else will fall into place. Um, I've been dealing with it myself as well. I've been pressuring myself too much, you know. I'm a person with high energy and, you know, I'm just like fast and I'm, I'm too quickly like moving forward. Uh, and just like this constant pressure and not respecting my own limit in terms of energy. Uh, that has caused me like... Um, to be sick in a period and I really appreciated life and saw it from a different lens, still struggling with this issue. Um, other people might be, you know, having other areas of their lives that they have to focus on to show themselves self-love, you know, and affection and like really connecting to yourself. So I have to learn to respect myself more when it comes to energy and like, you know, being on, on top of everything all the time. And, you know, so just like, you know, love yourself, respect yourself and connect to yourself because everything else is just temporary, you know, nothing is guaranteed but the time and money that you invest into yourself. So invest into yourself first, give yourself something first, right? You have to give yourself love in order to give it because all these concepts that we're exposed to in society, you know, in terms of love, in terms of like caring, all these things, I don't know. I don't believe in it because it's not authentic. You know, it comes from another place. You know, it comes from a um, dependent place. It comes from a place where, oh, I did that for you. Or like, why don't you do that for me? Don't you see? I love you. Do you get me? But that's not, that's not unconditional, you know, unconditional love and caring and your purpose, you know, it comes from somewhere else. You have already overflowed in it you know you already have so much that you are ready to give out right but if you are drained if you don't have it you know if you're not even taking care of yourself how are you going to go do that and give that to anyone else and you know don't please anyone please don't please anyone don't do anything for anyone you know don't say yes when you mean no you know just say no when you mean no the ones who love you will respect you no right but in general, general speaking, don't please anyone. Because if you say no to others, I mean, if you say yes to others and no to yourself, you're going to be left with that feeling, you know, for the rest of your life. But if you just, you just have to say yes to yourself. If it's a yes to yourself and yes to others, then it's good. But don't ever say no to yourself and give yourself love and, and care for yourself first and foremost. And I'm not, I'm not perfect myself. 
I've been I've been working with it a lot as well. Just like the reason a few years, you know, I I I I didn't feel I had self love for myself. I had a very hard time being with myself, you know, spending time quality time on my own. I I didn't know how to do that, you know. I'm extremely ex extroverted, you know. I, I'm the opposite. Like I've been out there the whole time, right? And I've been really having to learn to be an introvert, you know. And like the qualities that follows being an introvert, right? And you had to learn being extroverted, right? So, so there's positives and negatives again with everything. Um, and I had to learn self-love all over again because, you know, and I had to deal with my traumas. I had to deal with the pain that I've been like just closing for years, you know, without actually opening up and like dealing with my sorrow. I, so I was saying like, you know, many people as myself, we just move on, you know, from, from pain because it's, you know, opening up that, you know, that sorrow or that pain or that traumatic event that happened, it's too painful. You know, we just want to move on and like focus on something else and just like be running away from it. But the more you ignore it, the bigger the pressure is and subconsciously it will affect you and it will like, it will affect a lot of your choices. You know, it will affect your present, present moment and your future as well. So, so, going back, slowing down and actually opening up that box of, you know, from the past and looking into it and healing it, you know, and accepting yourself as you are, accepting yourself back then, um, you know, forgive yourself and forgive other people, you know. It requires a lot of self-development, but it's a, it's a very much needed process that we need, you know. You just now, uh, uh, you shared earlier this, uh, you said respect your own limit. Yeah. Uh, can you can you give us a little bit more insight about that? Because this is something that I when I watch this like Gary Vaynerchuk, it's like ah grind hustle hustle grind yeah, grind. Yeah. So everybody is like following him. It works yeah. for him when yeah. he said that it works for him. But a lot of people who 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 follows him after yeah. a while they get massive burnout Ooh. because they, they they just couldn't couldn't get to his energy level. Yeah, which is what you said earlier when you said respect your own limit. I, yeah. I hit, I got it immediately. Can you share yeah. with us more about that and how to perhaps, as you said, also how to slow down a little bit? Yeah. So I get his message because you know, many people like as Eric Thomas he says as well, like they they live a lazy life, right? And you know, it's apparent you can see it, right? People they're more occupied with, you know, what's going on in celeb lives that than what is going on in their own lives, yeah. Um, they're following, following every detail of gossip, but you know, they don't even know the direction of their own lives. So I get that point that, you know, what you have to, you ha so you have to move yourself from a certain point, like in terms of which environments you go, like you're, you're surrounded by, you know, what you do in terms of what knowledge do you seek? You know, is it drama and gossip and unnecessary stuff, or is it knowledge that's going to serve you? Right. What do you listen to? What do you see? What do you speak yourself? You know, what do you consume? All these things, like your interest has to be to the positive side of benefiting yourself and society, right? And then on the other spectrum is, yes, you have to do something, but it's not how intense you are in a given moment, right? It's not, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? It's about the con like continuing to do something positive even one small thing every day you know and building up that habit it's not about in about putting in 12 14 hours a day 
you know, you might get results that day, but if you have to have to spend three days recovering from that, then it's better spending a few hours every day. You know, you have um, you have a level that you you're working towards, and then slowly you can build on top of it. Because if you develop a habit, you don't have to put in like energy to make it happen. It just happens because subconsciously, you know, you you're conditioned to actually do it. Like brushing your teeth. It takes no energy or time or anything. You just go and you just do it, you know, like other things as well, like dressing or showering or whatever. But like once you want to develop a habit, right? At first it takes, I think it takes someone to say, said, I think either like 40 days or 90 days and it depends on what source you go to, but it takes time to develop a habit, right? So take your time to develop that habit. You know, if you want to be better, right? If I don't know what your goal is, but you got to work on a steady level towards it you know you can't put in your all and then burn out as i did you know you can't do that you can't do that it's not it's not good for you you know you're pressuring yourself for something that is not guaranteed to you anyway do you get me and is it all worth it if you're gonna burn yourself out you know are you even respecting your own limit or respecting yourself do you know and, and that's an advice for myself before i saying it to anyone else because i'm a person myself that is like you know, I gotta grind. I gotta work hard. I gotta do all these things, but you gotta respect your limit. Perfect. Well, there's so many things that you shared with us. Um, it starts with, you know, purpose consulting, and then yeah. all the way, and then you shared, you know, purpose in life, purpose in yeah. uh, finding purpose, and also you touch on your life coaching experience because you just shared. Uh, about life coaching yeah. and yeah. you are really really experienced in this and i'm i'm very yeah. confident that all for those of you listening if you are if you are stuck or if you are maybe lost in terms of finding your purpose or finding your meaning in life uh, perhaps you you should reach out to dr because just just by listening to the previous conversation if you have your notes just like like I did with this, all these notes, I guess you, you will write a lot and probably you will not have a sleepless night for a few days because you've been <laughs> thinking about your life uh, journey from where you are, from where you were, about your trauma, all the way until, um, you know, y- your, your values, like what annoys you, you know, and then also you need to start thinking about the environment, where who you surround yourself with and what yeah. you consume yeah. and what you speak about to people. Things mm-hmm. like that. Wow, uh, DR has been amazing sharing uh, your your wealth of knowledge and expertise and experience to so us. Much. Thank you so much. And Ping, one last thing that yes. you know, I want to remember to say. You know, one thing is that we want to change the world and help the world. You know, but you know, you gotta help and change your own world first. You know, and it starts with you. Please just take care of yourself first and foremost. Um, and if you take care of yourself, you know, that's amazing. You know, because you know, with all this going on with mental health and, you know, suicide rates and stuff like that, you know, people are, among others, the biggest threat to themselves. I know Corona is going on and all that, but like how many people don't take their own lives? And please, please, please ask people around you, how are they really, you know? Ask them, how are you, you know, listen to them. You know, I, just in my own life, yeah, just close friends because I I have so nice friends who actually can open up about their hearts have told me how they're like, how they're doing, you know, that they've been like depressed, suicidal and stuff like that. 
you know, if they didn't come to me, if they didn't ask me, I would have assumed anything else, you know. So just please ask people once in a while, how are you really, you know. Just, you know, just, you know, reach out to your friends and family, you know. Ask them questions and listen to them. Be there for them. Let them know that you're there for them, you know, no matter what happens, you know. And then, you know, ask for help. If you're someone sitting in a situation right now where you need help, please just reach out, you know. My friends, they've told me that sometimes it's really hard to reach out to people, you know, several friends, you know, especially guys, to be honest, once they have depression, you know, or like, you know, they're dealing with stuff, you know, suicidal stuff, people just tend to be like, you know, man up or, you know, just get over it or don't you have faith or religion or, you know, just like blame you or give you like stupid advice, you know, because people, they don't know how to deal with it. It's not a course we get in school. You know, but it's the most important course. You know, it's the course about like staying sane and being like on on a, on an optimal level as you know we can be as human beings. You know, and being there for each other. It's a course much needed, especially in society now, because we don't get that from families or societies. You know, as we did, as we had like several years ago, right? Where like you were actually like society would. Or like your environment was bringing you up as well. There's a shared responsibility among people. But anyhow, let's park that conversation for now. But like, just reach out to people and listen, yeah. And if if you're in need of help, reach out to some professional. If you don't have people in your life, like who can help you? You know, yeah. Just don't listen to people, to naysayers, or you know, anyone who doesn't wanna, you know, make you show your light or shine. Yeah, just reach out. Like, ask for help or like provide your help to people as well. Take care of people around you. Yeah, that's my main message as well. Because trust me, we don't know what people are dealing with. I got a call the other day and, you know, it was someone who was like in tears. And, you know, afterwards I got to know that he was actually like on the on the um, verge to actually commit suicide. If I didn't like, if I hadn't like spoken to him. I know it was like, I was, I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, you don't know what people are. Go to, going through you know people only post the pictures where they're smiling they don't post the one ones like where they're crying every night and every morning you know you know people don't do that you know so just you know ask for help and ask people to help them you know and if people share with you just listen you know you, oh you know say how you're feeling sometimes i feel like i want to fix something i want to help someone who's who's reaching out to me you know and I'm, I'm i'm trying like my best with this and that and you know i can just feel that nothing is helping and i'm just sitting back and, and i'm actually vulnerable and i'm telling them listen i really want to help but i just don't know how to what to do i just feel helpless like i really want to be there for you and then they're like you know just you know you're just listening it's, it's fine or i just need this and just checking up on them every once in a while you know every once and then and just like you know checking up on them that's very important so but we're human you know we can only do what we can do but once you go to bed at night and you know what that you've done your best that's that's a good day you know yeah that's that's perfect that's um yeah. that's the the message that um I, i'm sure it will hit home to a lot of people and yeah. especially asking them how they are doing right Because most of the yeah. time when people, when you ask people, how are you or how are you doing? People will just say, oh, I'm yeah. fine. Oh, I'm okay. But yeah, deep down, yeah. and because I am, I am a practitioner of NLP. So I, yeah. uh, oftentimes what you say and your facial expressions, if it's, if it's different, if yeah. you say, I'm fine, but your face looks a little bit like sad, we'll know yeah. so, something is not right. Right. Yeah. And always as, as DR said, give yourself 
time to other people, yeah. right? When someone is in need of sharing, give them your time because that mm-hmm. is the they share their stuff to you uh, will make them feel better. It, it's a healing mm-hmm. process for them as well. Yeah. Definitely. So, dear, thank you so much for sharing everything. So I, I really, really appreciate you. Despite you know uh, hiccups here and there, okay. it was great. It was such a great conversation with yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for so, listening and for sharing as well from your own personal perspective. It was very inspirational as well. And thanks for asking me and like letting me opening up. It was very, um, yeah, it was a relief and as well exploring my own world, like talking about it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. that I knew that, you know? <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening, if you need any additional advice or if you would like to work with DR one-on-one or if your company would like to work with DR, go to the links in the description. I will put everything there so that you can have a look and have a chat with her because you see for our conversation, she, she's so willing to share everything, right? Uh, that that she knows to to us and, and I'm very sure that she will be more than happy to work with you. Again, thank you so much, DR, for for your time. I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers.